0: This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast is sponsored by LiveFlow. Did you hear the news? LiveFlow just launched a new consolidation product. LiveFlow power user Beth Melcher of MoneyFit said that LiveFlow's consolidation is saving her team 15 to 20 minutes per client every week and eliminates the use of formulas. LiveFlow's automated multi-entity consolidation is simple to use. You can easily map multiple unmatching charts of accounts from multiple QuickBooks Online companies into one standardized report. And once it's set up, Liveflow works its magic, updating the consolidations automatically in real time. So you can focus on analysis using instantly updated data across entities. Liveflow can even consolidate financials that are in different currencies. And the possibilities don't stop there. Liveflow empowers you with flexible, powerful reporting tools to create customized dashboards that meet your specific needs, build executive presentations, cash flow forecasts, and more with just a few clicks. To stop grueling over manual consolidation reports and to get 25% off your first three months, be one of the first 10 listeners to head over to youcube.promo forward slash liveflow. That is uqb.promo forward slash L-I-V-E-F-L-O-W.
1: Welcome to the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast. I am joined by my good friend, Alicia katz Pollock the original, the one and only QBO rock star, CEO and founder of Royal Y Solutions.
0: And I have the privilege of collaborating with Hector Garcia, CPA, the founder of Right Tool for QuickBooks.
1: In this episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast, we're going to talk about preparing 1099s in QuickBooks Online for the 2024 tax season. Hey, Alicia, how are you?
0: I'm actually kind of giddy about this topic. I'm so
1: excited. So. This is a necessary evil for most accounting and bookkeeping professionals. We gotta help our clients do the 1099s at the end of the year. Sometimes it's easy because they wrote the person one check and they gave you a W nine. Sometimes it's hard because you can't read the check's handwriting. You don't (laughs) have the W nines. They paid some in cash, some in Venmo, some in Zelle, and the information is not organized. So. We are going to maybe at the end of the episode talk about maybe some of the, some of the things that we've done to like solve in some of those 1099 issues, uh, but we want to talk about the new platform, the new changes. So mm-hmm. in December of 2023, they, um, they released a Firm of the Future article. They talked about it, I believe, in the In the, in the no webinar, and they revamped the 1099 screen. And Alicia actually was part of one of the developers, uh, the, the 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 let's say the the consulting panel for the developers and beta tested this program. Mm-hmm. So who who better to talk about the new 10.9 plat- platform inside QuickBooks Online? that you're about to experience. Alicia, take it away.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited about this. I teach a 1099s class every single year in January, including in the upcoming year. And so when Intuit decided to revamp the new panel, they came to me and said, can you help us design this? And so I got to give my feedback and they addressed everything that I asked for. And so I really like what I'm going to, what I'm seeing. So The first thing that I want to let you know is something that's actually not related to Intuit, but there's a big change now that if you have um, 10 or more 1099s or W-2s for your company, you have to file electronically. You can't file on paper anymore. And this is being handed down from the IRS. So that's just something to know before I get into all of that. And Hector, I'm sure you have something to to comment about on on that one. No, all I want to say is that the paper
1: printed 1099 industry is about to get destroyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, go, going into Office Depot and buying those packages of the pre-printed uh you know 1099s that's that's not not going to be longer a thing. And honestly at, at this point in 2023 I don't even know how that was still a thing. So thank yeah. you IRS for like forcing people to get on electronic.
0: Yeah. And so as a result just to give a little bit of my new show on there the print alignment Tool in the QBOA, um, or not in QBOA, in the 1099 browser um, is no longer there, and the 1096 form is no longer supported. The 1096 form was the cover form that went with your stack of 1099s when you sent them to the IRS. So there's no such thing as a 1096 anymore, at least not through um, Intuit's products. Okay. That's just the, the compliance part of it. Let's get into the good stuff that I'm stoked about. Uh, so and I, I think
1: it's, a good, it's just good to mention in context yeah. that QuickBooks will be a great product to e-file 1099s. QuickBooks Online will not be a good product to paper print 1099s. Right. The big question would be, can you still do it with QuickBooks Desktop? That's interesting. Uh, it's something we're not going to address right now because I have to wait until I actually try to do one with QuickBooks Desktop. In uh, in the 2024 tax season, but this is within the context of using QuickBooks Online to e-file 1099s and 1099s NEC. I don't know. Can uh, mm-hmm. th- do you know off the bat if they can do other 1099s or NECs only?
0: Uh, NECs and misc are the two forms oh, yeah, that I are do MISC. Yeah. good, yeah. but not for rental, not for no Ks. C. Okay, yeah, no Nope. Um, All right. So yes, that's a great point that this is specific to 1099 NEC and 1099 MISC. And it's one of the things that Intuit's been doing is really making the contractors tools inside QBOA more robust, that originally all you had was vendors, but they started breaking out the contractors and allowing you to manage them. And if you haven't actually checked out the contractors' center as a way of managing your Co- your subcontractors all under one roof you should check it out there's even the ability to pay them through if you through your payroll service if you have QBO payroll you can add your contractors as payees and if you don't but you still want to pay your contractors electronically there's actually a, a, a contractors a plan that you can get on to where you can directly send your contractors their payments. And that's pretty much built on the online bill pay platform that is being rolled out. So it's a really seamless way of not having to go write them checks and hand them or go to your bank and pay them or, oh my God, don't pay them through Zelle and don't pay them through Venmo. Keep them all in house. And that way you can just make one bill and it's all automated instead of having to manage it. in one place to do the documentation and another place to make the payment. So I'm a big fan. And when you are subscribed to payroll or when you're subscribed to the new online bill pay, one of the, the mid-level or advanced subscriptions, 1099 filing is free for uh, for you. It's You're already paying for the service and so you don't have to uh, pay for it. Uh, something else, that's new is last year, there was a little bit of a hullaboo because if your clients went in and ran their own 1099s and they were on your wholesale billing price, meaning that you were paying for their subscription, you were getting the bill for their 1099s and you might not have expected it and it might not have been on your radar. And maybe they've got hundreds of 1099s and all of a sudden you have an unexpected expense that that you weren't prepared for. So as of this year, that is no longer an issue. When you run your 1099s, you get the option of paying for it uh, from the, through the business owner or paying through, for it through your wholesale account. So I'm going to give them applause on that one. That was really major. Did that affect you last year, Hector? No? Didn't affect you. It it did on me. I had to have a couple clients who were filing their ten ninety nines themselves, and I had to come back around and say, "Oh, by the way, I have to charge you an extra hundred and fifty dollars." So it was uh, it was awkward. It was fine, but it was unfortunate. Now, the ten ninety nine wizard itself, they have completely renovated it. Um, you get there through. The Contractors Center. Um, so when you click on either Expenses and Contractors or Payroll and Contractors, there's two different ways of getting there. And there's a button that says Prepare 1099s. Now that's not new. Um, the deadlines. This year for the 1099s, you can start using the 1099 wizard right now to figure out who you have to collect information from or who you're going to be sending 1099s to. But online filing starts becoming available on January 1st, and it'll be available through May 7th. So if you're a little late, you can still use it. Uh, they are, however, offering a early bird discount up through January fifteenth. So, if you're not paying for payroll or the contractor center and you're paying as a standalone project, um I don't have the the numbers in front of me, Hector, if you can pull them out what the um what it uh, what the cost is in the past, it was fourteen ninety five for the first of uh, three. Forms and then $5 each on top of that. And if you filed before January 15th, they've shaved off like $3 or something like that. And um, Hector, while I'm doing all of this, if you come up with different numbers, please let me know. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm looking up the the prices now. Uh, One thing to mention, uh, you kind of mentioned that by passing here. If you already have uh, QuickBooks payroll, any of the payroll products, Core, Premium, or um, Elite, you can file 1099s at no cost. This is the, the marketed advertised uh, uh, writing. What is not clear to me, if that's unlimited 1099s, or that's only X amount of 1099s, uh, I, I don't see the word unlimited anywhere, it just says uh, prepare 1099s uh, at, uh, at no cost. Okay? Yeah. And, and I'm making the assumption that preparing also means e-filing. If you have to uh, print the 1099 and mail it because the 1099 service used to give you that option. That's always going to be an extra fee. So we're talking about just digitally signing, sorry, digitally filing and preparing, and you print the PDF or print the the, the 1099 and give it to the to to the contractor. The state filing, I believe, is still not going to be supported uh, because QuickBooks has never done state 1099, so you still have to use a different system. For that, which is kind of a bummer, um, if you are in a ten and ten and nine able state, uh, because then you have to do the work twice, essentially. Right. But if if you're smart, you can you can export the ten and nine report in QuickBooks and have all the information. In most systems, allow your import via CSV or or something like that. Right. Okay. So that's. That's a really important uh, point to make uh, right off the bat when it comes to just understanding what's included in the pricing.
0: Yeah. um, And actually, the state filing was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. That for me in Oregon actually is a deal breaker because we do have to send in our 1099s, but we have to do it electronically through iWire and the export format. Uh, from QuickBooks Online is not the same format that they want you to import. And so my clients have either had to type in their information or not use the QBO's 1099 wizard to file and instead go over to track1099.com or tax1099.com and file from there. There's some integrations between the two, but the reasons for needing to go to the third-party software, I'm going to sh- tell you some more of the benefits than some more of the things that have changed that have reduced the need to go to external apps. But there are some cases where you still might need to. So I'm looking at the at the pricing here and on the,
1: on the into a website on the 1099 e-file pricing, it's $15 for the mm-hmm. first 20 contractors and then $2 for each additional contractor.
0: Okay, and so that's, that's actually price. gone. To, is that the, the early bird pricing or the, the full pricing? Because that's less. This is the month. thing.
1: It shows it as a monthly fee. So I'm uh, making the assumption that if you have, you know, it, it turned on with the monthly fee, you can turn it on for one month, five or ten ninety-nine, and then <laughs> turn it off. There's a 50% discount of the first three months. So I don't see uh, specifically you know, the 1099 early bird deal in the website that, that, you're, that you're talking about. So we'll, we'll keep digging. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It does say it on the, uh, when you start going into the 1099 wizard, it does mention that there's an early bird discount, but I'm not seeing the information for it at the moment. Um, and then the, the third deadline, because I'm actually still in the deadline section, is that on January 28th is the last day to send your taxpayer copies mm-hmm. and have them come on time. So the, the wizard will actually email and snail and snail mail the uh, the ten ninety nines to your contractors for you, and in order to get them by December thirty first, January twenty eighth is your cutoff. So there's that. Okay, some of the okay, new. I found I found oh.
1: the I found the updated pricing. <laughs> what you got? What okay, you got? so the updated pricing is before January sixteenth. Early bird discount gives you the first three forms for three ninety nine each. Well, so the price I gave you earlier is to Ooh. turn on the monthly service for contractor payments, which is for both 1099s and also paying the contractors via a direct payment, like a direct deposit direct type deposit. of payment via ACH, um, uh, via the system. So that would be a monthly fee. And technically, I guess if you turn on for one month, you can file 1099s uh, you know, for that one month for the $15 for the first 20 plus $2 any extra. If you don't enable that contractor payments and you just do simply just 1099s without contractor payments, early bird is $4 or 399 per form for the first three, then between form four and, or be, for the first three, sorry, for the $4 for the first three each, then form four to 20 is $3.19, and then form 21 and up is $1.19 per form. Those so that's early bird.
0: Down. Those have gone down from last year. That's, so that's great. That's, that's, that's early bird. The
1: non-early bird is basically um, it's a, pretty similar. It's $5 per form on the first three forms. So essentially, it's $15 for, for three 1099s. That's right. probably the easiest way to, to, to see it. Then forms four to 20 is $4 each. And then forms 21 and up is $2 each. So essentially, it's $5 a form on the low side. a form on the high side. And then on the early bird, it goes down to $4 a form on the low side, $1.19 or $1.20 on the high side. So that gives you a general idea what the pricing is uh, per form.
0: Well, the good news is that's actually down from last year. So thank you for that. Awesome. This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast is sponsored by timesheets.com. You already know what Timesheets.com does, but today I'd like to talk about what Timesheets.com doesn't do, because sometimes that's just as important. For instance, Timesheets.com doesn't charge a base fee and only costs $5.50 per user, certainly not $8 or more. Also, Timesheets.com will never market to your clients because they respect that private relationship. And timesheets.com doesn't answer your support calls with an automated phone system, nor will they transfer you from person to person while you're pulling out your hair trying to close payroll on time. Those are just a few important things that timesheets.com doesn't do. And right now they are offering the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast listeners two full years commission for each new client you refer, or two free months of service, your choice head over to uqb.promo slash timesheets. That is uqb.promo forward slash t-i-m-e-s-h-e-e-t-s. Another change is that it now supports corrections. So if you missed one of your expense accounts and now you have some new forms to run, or if you had a mistake on one of your forms and you need to send it again, corrections are now supported. That is brand new. So, very, very happy about that one too. Because I've in the past had to, I did some in QBO and then had to go file another one over in, in Track 99. So, thank you, Intuit. Yeah, same issue. Same, we have the
1: same issue in our firm. We gotta do all the corrections in a different system. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now I wanna get into some of the changes in the interface and why I'm so geeking out about this. And so the very first one is that in the past, it was challenging because you had to um, open up a box for the 1099 NEC form or and a dropdown box for the MISC forms and go through and check off all of the expense categories that you needed. It was in this little box and it gave you this big paragraph. They've kind of flipped it around. You might have to do that the first time, but in my interface, I'm actually seeing my chart of accounts and that could be because I've used it in the past uh, and it's remembering what I did from last year. So I'm kind of unclear on that because I'm an existing user. But once you go down and you turn on which expense fields may possibly have contractors in them, you know, think... um, Advertising and marketing, uh, repairs and maintenance, education and training, legal and professional fees, subcontractors. Uh, Cost of labor, those are all very, very common. But once you've identified them, then it gives you a box to map them to the 1099 form and field that it goes into. So it's a complete flip flop opposite of the display. So that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. And then if you look at your list and you don't need it, there's a trash can. If you look at your list and you need more, you can add more. But the fact that they reversed it from form based, leading to expenses, and it's now expenses mapped to the forms. I'm going to give them a big thumbs up for that. There's also a new report for a report on the accounts that you have designated to pay your 1099 vendors. So you can easily print it out and compare it to your chart of accounts and make sure that you have all the accounts that you need. There's also a link right on that first screen to run reports of all of the vendor payments. And then those are Using the new reports generator, and it's grouped by the expense field. So you can look at the expense field and um, see all of the payments that are inside it. And then, because it's using the new reports generator, if you wanted, you could even make a subgroup underneath that and group it by vendor as well. So you really get some good flexibility with um, running reports to make sure that you've done your due diligence. When you go on to the next screen, then it uh, shows you all of your eligible payments. And this is another big like hallelujah change because last year and all the years before, the next screen that would give you is a big list of everybody that you have ever marked as a subcontractor with all of their missing information. You don't have their address and you don't have their ID number. And so you'd be faced with this list of like, 30 to 50 people that you had to collect information for. And then on the next screen, it would tell you who was actually eligible. So you might have be faced with this big screen of 50 people of missing information, and you might be spending hours chasing down the information. You get to the next screen like, oh, you only have three people qualify. So that was actually what I went into the conversation with Intuit and said, just please reverse that. Let's figure out who qualifies and then see if we're missing their information or not. And so those two um, steps in the wizard have been reversed. So now it shows you who's eligible and who who did not meet their thresholds so that you can analyze them and say, okay, wait, I know I paid that contractor more. Or, oh, wait, I paid them by credit card. They don't count. And then the once you have you're down to your short list of who is actually needing to get a 1099 form, then it will tell you if the tax ID is missing or if the address is missing. The new layout also makes it really easy to see who vendors you've marked for 1099s and who maybe you forgot to mark for 1099s. And then it also gives you a dropdown to take a look at which kinds of payments are reportable and which ones are non-reportable. Now, I don't want to get into the weeds on this, but if you've paid your contractors through any kind of third-party network where the mo- you paid the money and the money goes to the contractor, like PayPal, for example, or credit cards, they're not eligible for 1099s. And this makes it very clear that maybe you paid them part by check and part by credit card, then it only is counting the actual relevant charges. So they did a really nice job with the layouts. So you can go back and forth between who was, who was tracked and not to make sure you've got everybody and which payments count and which payments don't so that you can make sure you have the right payment method on all of them. Alicia,
1: do you, do you remember the workaround in QuickBooks desktop for when you're paying a contractor uh, through one of these? type of payments that are not reportable, right? Yeah, you, like you,
0: is it the one where you use the payment method box and then you put in like DEB or- No, debit? in the check number. In the, in the check yes. number,
1: you you put EFT or something like that or ACH. Like If you put, a, there's a specifically code that you put in the check number of the checks. So remember QuickBooks Desktop doesn't have an expense uh, transaction, only has a check. So QuickBooks Desktop only has a check and has a credit card charge. Anything that's a credit card charge being paid to the vendor was immediately omitted from the 1099. But sometimes you can use a a debit card from a bank to pay a a contractor and that contractor process it through a a merchant uh, or through a a credit card machine. And if you pay that way, you're supposed to omit that payment. And the workaround for this was to put a specific code on on the check number. Do you know if that's uh, if QuickBooks online works like that too or
0: Well, I know that no? in the past it did. That 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 payment method field that you see. So in this one it was not the check number. There's an actual payment method field in your expenses where you can specify how you actually paid. So if it came from your checking account, it could be cash. It could be a debit card. It could be a direct deposit ACH. And so if you use that box, And you start with their ready-made types, then it will know to include or exclude the payment based on that box. Um, When I first started teaching QBO, what you were saying about the different codes that you could put in the check number reference field was a thing, and I used to teach that. But I have not tried it in so long that I don't know if it's still relevant or not.
1: Right. right. It it still works in desktop. I just don't know if if, if in online you could do such a thing. That that was a really that was one of the most interesting workarounds that we ever had to encounter. Uh and it was like one of one of those hidden things because it wasn't really that obvious that you have to put some code in the check number to uh to make that work. Right. Well okay, see. So- and then you and then the last and then the last screen, you're gonna cover, I think, the last screen and the ten and nine.
0: So then after you have um, determined the eligibles then it gives you your ability to preview your forms you can actually see what they look like you can flip between your NEC forms and your misc forms and then there's another tab there's one there's a tab for ones that are ready to go and another one for where your filing is complete which kind of leads me to believe that you might be able to go through the wizard twice and do two rounds but I don't know if that's true or not because I haven't tried it
1: but it looks. You know like what it I? What used to drive me crazy about like I used to use um, IOP for a Intuit Online Payroll for accountants to to file my 1099s, which is a it was a great wholesale product. It was like fifteen dollars for one time filing of unlimited 1099s inside one inside each client. Obviously, um, I don't know if there's going to be an accountant version of this with a wholesale type of price. Otherwise, I guess we're still we're gonna pay this four dollars, you know, per form on the first couple of forms, and then a uh, dollar to two on the on 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 more than twenty on that particular client. But um, anyway, what used to drive me crazy about that is after I filed the forms, there was no report that gave you like an e-file number that gave you that told you exactly how much how much you, which forms were filed and which ones were not. It just says filed, and you Oof. get no you don't have a summary. For the whole amount, like the, the reporting for post-filing wasn't really great in IOP4A. Do you have any insight in terms of what that's going to look like, the post-filing reports? Or do we kind of have to wait until we actually file them to see what they're going to look like?
0: Yeah, since it's not January 1st yet, I can't actually see it. But there, when, I, when you're in the preview forms, there is a summary report that you can view and print out. And so... There's a total? There's, uh,
1: a, sub, there's a subtotal?
0: Yes, because it does, that was the uh, thing that
1: drove me crazy. Yeah, Is there a so total of all the
0: 1099s. It has like your check sum. Pa- it has your payer information. It tells <laughs> you um, your 1099 misc vendors, your 1099 NEC vendors, the total number of forms that are being filed for each, and the total mm-hmm. dollar amount reported per uh, per vendor and um, in total on your forms. In
1: total, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great because that, we needed that like desperately. Yeah. So
0: all of that is there. Um, And so, um, you know, like I said, you can do corrections now, you just can't do your state filings. And so for some people, it might still be a deal breaker if you have to file for your state and you can't extract the data. Now, I can't answer whether or not one of the suggestions that I gave them is I wanted a CSV export of the contractors with their addresses, their tax ID numbers, and their boxes and amounts so that we could import it into our state filing systems. I can't see if that's there yet. This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast is sponsored by OnPay. OnPay with 30 plus years of payroll expertise is your ideal payroll partner. With OnPay, you can run your client's payroll, delegate it to your team, or empower your clients to manage it themselves. In any case, OnPay handles all the tax payments and filings, even at the local level, at no extra cost. OnPay seamlessly integrates with QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop, offering you a payroll solution that fits your entire client base. Partnering with OnPay means you'll have access to dedicated partner support, account managers, and a direct support phone line. Their team of in-house payroll experts will do all the heavy lifting, from setting up your dashboard to adding your clients and their employees. They'll even enter any prior wages to make it easy to switch. Now, here's the exciting part. OnPay is offering an exclusive deal for accountants and bookkeepers. Enroll new clients by October 31st, 2023 to enjoy fee-free services until January 31st to 2024. That's potentially up to four months of free payroll services. To seize this incredible offer and to get up to four months of free payroll, head over to uqb.promo/onpay. That's uqb.promo/forward o n p a y.
1: That's not there. You you can export your vendor, your address, the tax ID. You can export that in a report, but the total amount for the year. You can't. So, you would have to run a different report or export the report and then like VLOOKUP stuff and put it back together to be able to have like one single import that you would bring into another system. Right. Obviously, QuickBooks doesn't want you to be using a different system for e filing. And the corrections themselves were so important because what was happening to you and me and everybody else is if you had to do a correction, you have to go to another system. If you use another system like Tax 1099, which I think was bought by Avalara or Tractin ninety nine. You have all these competitors of Intuit. If we're forced to use other system for corrections. You're giving us exposure to other systems, and we might use other systems right. for 1099. So like, it was very important for QuickBooks to add corrections because you want to keep people inside of the ecosystem.
0: Right. Now, as far as Tax99 and Track 1099 go, they act like apps. You can actually use the whole 1099 wizard to dial yourself in and know that you're ready to go. And then if you are forced to use one of the other ones because state tax filing, for example then uh, when you log into tax 1099, you can pull in the data from QBO's 1099 wizard to use it. And both systems do give you the history so you can see what you did last year. I do want to circle around on on that CSV file, though. The reason why I want the CSV file is so that I can use the 1099 wizard because in Oregon, I don't wanna to have to go to their e-filing system and type things by hand. So un- uh, for the state, if, so if exactly, it turns for for state, state yeah. for state, exactly. Right. So if right. it turns out when we get to that last step, if it turns out that there is no um, CSV file export then I still can't use it, but oh my God, I will absolutely use it for my tracking and analysis and double checking all of my vendors and all of that to make sure I'm dialed in. So I'm hoping that there's a CSV file. And if you developers are listening to me, that's, that's your 2025 roadmap. It has to be there. And then once you do that, everybody is going to be able to use this tool.
1: Absolutely. I, I think a general rule of thumb is every action you take in QuickBooks, there needs to be a CSV export of the end <laughs> result of that action. Like if you just make that a, like, a, like a rule of thumb for development, you're always going to have better results. Alicia, since we're in the 1099 topic and we should probably wrap it up um, you know you've been teaching 1099s for so long and doing 1099s yourself. What are like your what's like your top tip on you know how to make sure 1099s go smoothly?
0: Um, I my top tip is when you first take on a subcontractor for the very first time, QBO has a tool to actually send them a request for the 1099s and it has them create a free copy of QuickBooks self-employed that, it will then, they can fill in their information there. They don't have to use the software to actually use QuickBooks Self-Employed, but then it imports the information right back into your portal. And if they're subcontracting, I'm sure they have other clients who are using QBO. And so they've already done the work and they just have to push the button. So that's the number one suggestion that I can make to you for um, being not having to chase people down at tax time. Right, so
1: add them in QuickBooks, add their email address, put the checkbox at their 1099, uh, but then have them enter the have them enter their their, their own information. Yeah, use the contract address center. and tax ID.
0: Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to talk yeah. about you. Send use the button to send them the invite and they can then fill in their information.
1: Absolutely. And for the like old school contractors are not gonna do that because some people are not gonna do that. Just withhold the payment until they <laughs> give you a double your nine. I don't understand why companies don't do this. Like at the end of the year, like, well. They got lost. I can't find them. You know, they're not answering their email. They're not answering their phone call. It's like you're supposed to get that W9 before you release, like do an even exchange, like uh, you know, like uh like like uh when you're holding hostages, it's like I'll hold the check hostage and you hold the W9 hostage, and then we'll do the swap on the first on the first (laughs) payment. Like, don't release a payment until they're giving you the W9. That would be like the single. Um, most important thing right. in, my, in my opinion. No, no. The other thing I like to do. Uh, sorry. Uh, the other thing I like to do is I like to put on the vendor name in QuickBooks. I like to put their name and in parentheses 10.99 just for for better visibility. Of course, this could be a hot mess. You know, when 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 you forget to put it or you put it on the wrong one, and uh, and sometimes some companies you have to 10.99. Uh. So for example, if you pay a lawyer, even if it's a law firm, you're supposed to 10.99 lawyers. For some strange reason, I don't understand why. Just lawyers and lawyers only. And in other cases, they could be, you can have a company name that sounds like a, like a person's name. Like if I create Hector Garcia Inc, right? And, um, and when I create the vendor in QuickBooks, I don't put Inc in it. I just put Hector Garcia. I'm going to assume that gets 1099. So like by, 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 by doing the extra work, putting Inc, LLC, you know, after the company names, And then adding the word 1099 on it, letting you know that they do get a 1099, or let's say that they don't get a 1099 for X, Y, Z reason. Let's say you have a vendor that you pay 100% through PayPal. Let's just say, you know, you pay 100% through PayPal, you know, in the vendor name, just put in parentheses, not in the one that a prints and a check, the one that shows in QuickBooks, put no 1099, PayPal or something like that. Again, to just to just keep a sanity check, because at the end of the year, you're going to have to check into every single vendor and double check and triple check. And if you do the work proactively in the vendor names, they're, they're just much easier to, to identify.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. I always at least put in ink. I'm going back to what you just said about withholding payments until you have a 1099. There is a legal alternative where you're actually going to hold back their tax payments and, and and pay it on their behalf. And there is a box on your 1099 NEC forms for the withheld uh, self-employment tax if you are holding it back. Now, I don't know if it, how many people do that, but the option is there. And I want to end it with my little rant about 1099s. You know why I hate 1099s? Because I think that it's, us doing the due diligence for the IRS. For all the people stressing out about, does this dollar amount belong on the form or not? I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that the IRS just looks at how much taxes were reported by the contractor and makes sure that it's more than the sum of the 1099s that they got. And if they got more money on 1099s than they reported, it's a flag. And otherwise, I don't think the IRS really cares And so I think that we are spending hours and hours of time and wasted resources doing the due diligence for the IRS. That's my...
1: Now, opinion. what's what's just to get some clarification? What's the part that you think of wasting time on on actually issuing ten ninety nines? The fact or, that we have or, to, or, or, or getting the, the exact dollar amount.
0: Uh, getting the exact dollar amount. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. considering that every time I pay taxes, if the amount was wrong, the IRS always sends me a letter and says, "Oh, by the way, your amount was wrong. Here's some money back," or "Oh, you owe us more money." I don't even. I, I'm sure they quote unquote know the right amounts on these two. So. But that's just me, I guess, being paranoid. But the 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 due diligence on the amounts, if it's not, I mean, has anybody ever been penalized that you know of for for forgetting to send a 1099? Yes. 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 So as a a tax preparer, I got some I got some words on this.
1: Uh, Number one, if you're off by 100 bucks, that's not a big deal. If you underreported $30,000 from a 1099 in an audit. They can disallow that expense. And if they disallow that expense, you know. the company essentially pays the tax on that. Okay. okay? Um, I had a situation where the company underreported the 1099, and the contractor had a really good relationship with the company. The contractor actually reported the right amount. Like, so for whatever reason, the company reported 30,000, but the contractor reported, let's say, 130,000. Because, which, which was the actual amount. And then the IRS wanted to um, hit that company up for $100,000 disallowed because there was actual $130,000 of, of payments to the contractor, but only 30000 were out there. We actually got in, in contact with the contractor, and the contractor said, no, yeah, I reported the whole $130,000. Um, and then the contractor gave us a copy of the tax return, and we I, I went to the auditor and said, look, we underreported. Um, and here's a correction. Like, I immediately built the correction before even like, asking if I should. Here's the correction. And by the way, the taxpayer already uh, um, reported the right amount. So, you know, so that taxpayer is not even going to be hurt by this. So the stars obviously aligned on that particular engagement. <laughs> but the, the, the reality is they have the ability to disallow an expense that was 1099able that you didn't, that you didn't report. On on literal amounts, yeah, that's not a that's not a big big deal. That's that's not a big problem. On the tax side, the IRS wants to make sure that in the schedule C of the person receiving the 1099, the top line of the revenue matches the 1099s or it's higher. Exactly otherwise they they really don't care until they unless they audit. Right. Okay. So if you if you if you gave somebody the wrong 1099, you know, let's say it was 40,000, but it was supposed to be 50,000. Um, and that, that person reports under 40,000. Then there's a problem because they reported under what you reported. Right. But if they always report over what you reported, then it doesn't get automatically triggered.
0: Yes, that's, that's where I was going with this. All right. Excellent. Um, great rant at the end. And let's call this one.
1: That's it. That was 1099. Good luck on the 1099
0: filing season.
1: And we'll see you on the next one. See
0: you in the next one. This podcast is independently operated and is not affiliated with or endorsed by QuickBooks or Intuit, Inc. Any reference to Intuit and QuickBooks products are made solely for the purpose of discussing the topics related to the company and its software.